it was like an overnight decision almost, right? Because you hear Pat talking about, you know, how VMware wants to be supportive of all of these customers and we want our customers, uh, you know, we want to enable them to help, um, you know, them expand into the cloud, basically do our bit, right? Powerful new technology. Cloud migration. Fully integrated system. HCX. Today, we're delighted to announce. Welcome to the HCX Majors Podcast, Episode 4 for Tuesday, October 27th, 2020, live from Indiana. I'm Britton Johnson. And as always, coming in super frosty, Kofi from Canada. And from California, this is Francis Wong. All right. I made it through the introduction that time without massively screwing up, so I'm happy. I'll take it. There you go. Like it. We have uh, Andy couldn't join us this week, unfortunately, so we're powering on without him. Hopefully, he's doing well in Colorado. Um, but we have a special guest today, um, Annika Suri. I hope I just said your name right again. So forgive me if I'm screwing it up again. It's been <laughs> no, a, no, you got it right, Britain. It's, it's been a busy day. So welcome, Annika. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll thank you for coming on the show and talking to us today. Um, we'll, we'll kind of get to more of who you are and, and what, what, what you do in a minute here. Uh, but I just wanted to say, but welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. This yeah. is my first podcast with you guys. Yeah. So this so is our, this yeah, is, well, it up. yeah, this, well, this is our fourth. <laughs> and you so, guys will want me back. Yeah. This, this is our fourth. So we're, we're still in the rookie stages of getting this thing figured out. So, uh, Kofi, I wanted to check in with you, brother, because you know you're you're my v, v, my VMworld presentation partner, and we worked extremely hard on this thing. And at last count, I saw in the 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 presenter thing that we had a grand total of fifteen people attend our session. So way to go! All right, man, that's what we call <laughs> working hard, making it happen. Um, no, you know what? It, it was uh, it was always a pleasure to be able to do it. I know that. Uh, VMworld took us by storm. Uh, we had we put in a ton of work. It wasn't just this one. There was a ton of presentations on HCX, which was actually right. really good. So, just to even highlight, you know, not to take the spotlight a little bit here, but I uh, I do work for the VMC on Dell EMC um, incubation team, and uh, we also did obviously presentation that highlighted HCX uh, from a migration standpoint. So, I feel like we were representing quite well <laughs> even though we might not have got the count we wanted but yeah well you, uh, know, ideally, you know we I did mean, pretty good maybe maybe next time we'll have to get a, a another celebrity guest or something on and, and, and <laughs> to boost our numbers a bit or something i don't know but you know it was all good really i mean i i i had fun just producing it and, and putting it together it was and it was just like it was more work than i thought it would be even you know, even if we were like physically there i feel like it would have been a lot of work but you know, I think just doing it over and over and over again in the the way we had to record these things. I mean, it was a challenging year for VMworld. I'll just say that much because all of the thousands of people who had to like submit content and, and things for this all remote. I mean, that that's no small effort to pull off. So. No, I agree. I mean, when we look at the sheer number of presentations, the virtual attendance this year was obviously through the roof like if we think in context we usually uh i don't remember what the last film world is but usually we're in the 22 23 maybe thousand um and then if you think about yeah. sixty thousand plus 
uh, people at VMworld this year. I think all in all, while attended tons of content, I think, you know, from a traditional content perspective, like, you know, you're limited by rooms and, and availability and right. overlap. So now that we have a plethora of content, you know, it's pretty good. And then anybody listening, obviously you forward it off to your customers. They can still watch the on-demand stuff. Uh, so let's just keep getting our numbers and maybe we'll track it over the course of the right. whole year. So, so go, go, if you haven't seen our session, go look it up. It's VCNC 1847. I'm going to remember that, that code for the rest of my life, but you know, that's, that's the way it goes. New so, passwords. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't, uh, that's probably a bad, no, bad idea now. I know that you've put it out there. I can't use that password. Thanks, Kofi. So. All right, Francis, what's new with and, you? And Britain, I was going to say, Britain, I was yeah. going to say, <coughs> when you made the celebrity comment, I was going to say, <coughs> I'm available. Oh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I just I just couldn't get off the mute button in time, but that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Hey, hey, if it helps you boost your number, then why not? Yeah, sure. I'm all for that. Sure, yeah. So, <laughs> so Fr Francis, what's new with you? Anything happening out, out, out west these days besides fires? Oh man, you know what? We got some wind and it's finally coming. Oh, the I heard about that. It's finally coming in. But, I heard there, uh, I heard there might be some like really extended like blackouts because of this again. Yeah, yeah. Our so <laughs> out out in this part of the woods, it definitely feels like global warming is more than just a real thing because it's just getting hotter and hotter out here um, every year, and as a result. Uh, folks are getting AC units and power consumption is rising. And so the pressure on the power grid here is, is a real thing. So it's, uh, we've been facing things like rolling blackouts and um, other types of those uh, events for the last couple of years now. So yeah, we are, we are facing that. It's still fairly warm for uh, end of October here. It has not rained. Uh, I think we might have gotten some drizzle like one day, but it's, hmm. yeah, at least the air is cleared out because the wind has blown all the ashes from the fires out here. So unfortunately, um, that, that is, uh, that, that's been a real thing. <laughs> right. Well, and I put this on the, on the list just as something to talk about because it's October and, and, and this isn't a thing for me, but is, is anybody excited, excited about pumpkin spice season? Or is that not a thing in this group? No, no, it's a real thing. And it's full on. <laughs> I'm like, not with me. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but like, I just had one, so I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> when, how soon is too soon for pumpkin spice season, Kofi? Put it this way. For me, it comes early because we already have snow on the ground. So <laughs> well, good. you get Thanksgiving early up in Canada, so you do have that. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> Annika, let's let's get a good introduction from you. Um, please tell us who you are, what you do for VMware, and and the things that you are involved in on a day to day basis. Oh uh, wow! Um, so excited to be here. Like I said, um, right? I'm a product line manager for HCX. So ta-da! You know the the Swiss Army knife, or I guess VMware secret sauce, as some of the people or some of my customers call it. Um, and I'm responsible for cloud services on the team, right? So um, VMware, you know, on uh, VMware Cloud on AWS, you know, Azure solution, um, our GCVE, which is with Google, right? So I'm responsible for all cloud services for HCX specifically, and um, it's been great, uh, you know, like working with, of course, VMC, but all 
also you know with the other hyperscalers as well it's been a great ride um, my background is actually a combination of networking and storage you know been in brocade spent a few years at netapp as well uh, with a background in in containers and kubernetes actually that was the last of uh, you know that was the last run i have around um, around devops and and here we are with hybrid cloud and uh, hcx you know the best um, uh, you know, indispensable service, which is, uh, you know, known for its connectivity and, and fabric. And here we are, you know, this was, I mean, I've, like I said, yeah, no, and, and it's, so true. I hope it, that's fine for an introduction. That's perfect. Um, and, and I think you're right on because I mean, everybody, every time I talk to a customer about HCX, you know, it's, they're, they're immediately intrigued by it, first of all. And then second of all, like after they've started using it, I mean, it's, it's one of the things of, oh, you mean it can do this too? And it just keeps on branching out into other areas. Um, and it's, it's, it's very unique, I think, in that respect where, you know, you start with this one narrow use case and then it just starts to snowball from there. So that's, that's very cool, I think. Yeah. So, no, I mean, like I said, um, you know, there's a special reason why I'm here. So um, I'm super, super excited to announce that, you know, the five features that you referred to or that you're alluding to. Um, and, you know, we will talk in detail about those, uh, I guess, as much as one can on a podcast. Uh, but, you know, replication assisted me motion being the first one, or as we love to call it, RAV, um, mobility optimized networking being the second one, um, aka, you know, which was called proximity routing in the past. Um, mobility groups with the Verney integration being the third one. Um, and then two traffic engineering features, which are TCP flow conditioning and application path resiliency. So all of these, you know, written like you rightly pointed out, right? They're all available to uh, the on-prem customers today as uh, a premium license, so to speak, right? So it's an add-on license that's available in addition to HCX Advanced, uh, which is the base offering. And then they have, we have an advanced uh, enterprise license, right? That customers pay for and that, you know, that they can get. Uh, but for VMC, you know, all of these are coming as a single package. So HCX will be a single offering for VMC at no added cost. So Yay, you know, I guess Christmas came early. Um, and, you know, all of these enterprise features are going to be available. Uh, and I know the countdown, right? Christmas, you were talking about pumpkin spice. I'm already thinking Christmas. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it did come early, right? And, you know, all of these, uh, you know, obviously heavy customer feedback involved here, as you can tell. But uh, here we are. I mean, I'm excited to announce that uh, as of, I mean, the release goes out in two weeks. Friday, so fingers crossed, right? All hands on deck at this time, and uh, we GA on Friday, and you know, customers will have all this available to them cool. as soon as they upgrade. No, no added cost. That's fantastic. We're, we're loving it. I don't like. There's so much I want to ask you. Actually, <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead, I, ask a question. Well, I, I could keep going. Like, okay, so we always, we always, uh, you know, obviously pump up the migration features and and a few things. Uh, can I start out of order? Is that possible? Yeah. So we're going to, I want to talk to you about the mobility groups and uh, BRNI integration because, and I'll tell you why, because <clears throat> I always talk about, you know, getting started and when we're talking about migrations themselves, you know, you know, how do you get started properly? How do you envision, you know, analyzing workload traffic patterns, what performance looks like on-prem versus, you know, post-migration? Um, how do you create wave plans and, and different things like that? So, uh, tell us, like, you know, what does this really mean from a BNI integration uh, perspective and, and how does it improve, you know, kind of that, uh, what we were doing before to where things are now? 
so we'll talk about mobility groups first. Um, so yeah, as you rightly pointed out, uh, you know, I guess for details, you know, obviously I'd encourage the listeners to go to, you know, the user guide where they can actually get more details around how, you know, enabling this feature and what it would mean, you know, in a greenfield come, you know, brownfield environment in VMC, uh, but, you know, as, as Kofi pointed out, mobility groups as a feature basically allows, you know, customers, it provides them the flexibility to manage these migrations, right, on the basis of, um, you know, applications, you know, uh, by network ID, VLANs, you know, and other aspects in the environment, right? So think of it as a, um, enabling the wave planning, you know, piece of migrations and making that very, very simple. Right, because they can be logically grouped per, per workload and so on and so forth. And you know, migrations can be paused and resumed, and all of these VMs exist in a single bucket or a logical group, so to speak, right? Which is uh, very, very beneficial to customers, right? And like I said, it helps them in wave planning. So, I mean, that is the you know the go-to or the given advantage for mobility groups, right? And where Verney comes into the picture is. Um, you know, again, network insight, right? So as a monitoring tool where we are, uh, it's API, the integration is API based today, right? We are still working through the details of the GUI integration or the UI integration, so to speak. But from an underneath, you know, from an API based perspective, you know, we are able to leverage Verney as a tool. So for instance, uh, you know, identify top talkers, right? Because logically think about it. If you have some VMs that you're moving to the cloud and if you know that there are some top talkers or, you know, some VMs that are talking to each other or exchanging changing um, uh, you know, information between each other more than others, you definitely want to migrate them first, right? Or I guess in, in, in a group versus splitting them up, right? Because that's, that's a recipe for disaster. Like if I have one VM that's, you know, um, like a database is running and I have another that's, you know, pulling from that database. Um, and if you migrate one of them to the cloud in the VMC and, you know, you don't, you leave the other one on-prem, you're definitely going to see a degradation in performance, right? So, um, so that's where the Verney integration comes in, right? Um, and, you know, from a roadmap perspective, I think I can also share this, again, no commitments, right? These are all roadmap items and um, can't really say when they will land, but I think the 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 way where we want to take mobility groups as a feature with the Verney integration is more um, you know futuristic and more ML AI based kind of sort of too. Because right now you know this grouping is manual so to speak, right? Like you can make these groupings yourself on the basis of you know whether you, whether it's regular expression tags. Um, you know, any of those vSphere objects, right? Uh, but in the future, you know, you could have predictive, we could have predictive suggestions where um, the tool could make recommendations on, hey, maybe you want to migrate, you know, these um, together. So yeah, that was pretty awesome. So you can see why I actually uh, let off with mobility groups, partially because it's near and dear to my heart. You described a lot of the stuff that I'd already used in the field um, when it comes down to, you know, why we use VRNI, for example, and then just the fact that you guys are forward thinking in the idea of how do we introduce ML and AI technologies to that's to do better planning or more automated planning because um, there's a lot of feature sets you can build in. So super excited um, from that standpoint. So the only reason I let off is because I think it's a great segue into some of the other stuff like replication assisted vMotion and then obviously um, the mobility optimized network optimized networking that's that we're going to talk about after. So that was what I had. Uh, I'll chime in for some of the other stuff. Uh, in there as well so so is there a little bit of more that you can expound upon about you know why it's coming now as opposed to why hasn't it always been this way 
You know, that's a very good question, Britain. And, you know, for, I mean, I'll be honest, we probably have, you know, COVID came with a lot of, you know, bad things, I guess, you know, and, and everything that's going on, very difficult situations, you know, that the entire world is going through. Uh, but, you know, to be honest, I think you have COVID to thank for here, right? Because uh, here's what happened. I mean, we were going through the process of, you know, releasing these features. I mean, I was working on a plan and, you know, I'll be honest, we were looking at monetizing, you know, all of these features in VMC as well, like we do on-prem. Right. Right. But that that just, you know, that entire model, as you can imagine, you know, the metering, the billing, you know, all of that takes cycles. And, you know, while we wanted to get these features out as soon as possible in our customers' hands, you know, there was all this, you know, back-end work that we have to do as, you know, product managers and, you know, my engineering team uh, backing me up and getting these features out of the door. So, I mean, while these features, you know, like you said, right, like you rightly said, you know, they are available on-prem, they have been, because um, almost a year or, you know, nine months or so on-prem as an add-on, uh, you know, our goal was to, you know, just given 2020 and everything that happened in 2020, um, you know, that brings us to October, um, our goal was to get these features as soon as possible, right? Because we have customers, uh, you know, in the healthcare space, right? In public sector, in education, right? And all of them are struggling today with meeting their, uh, you know, remote from work from home requirements, right? Of their uh, employees, of their customers in turn, right? And and they need and they needed cloud expansion overnight. So to be honest, we we didn't really have time um, to you know, kind of even, it was like an overnight decision almost, right? Because you hear Pat talking about, you know, how VMware wants to be supportive of all of these customers and we want our customers, uh, you know, we want to enable them to help, um, you know, them expand into the cloud, basically do our bit, right? And I think this was, this decision was made to do our bit essentially. So we didn't want, uh, you know, we didn't want to be any delay in making these features available to, you know, VMC customers right away, mm -hmm. uh, which is what we did. So hence, you know, they are available in VMC today. And, uh, you know, they've been, like I said, you know, the VMworld, the announcement went out at VMworld. Um, I was part of various, uh, you know, customer advisory board or CTABs as we call them, right? Various forums where uh, I spoke to customers, I interacted with customers, right? And this this announcement was very well received, right? Because this is going to help them expand, you know, as soon as possible with minimum planning, you know, and, and all of the inhibitions, you know, that just take time, right? About, oh, the cost, the quotes, you know, the, the sales deals needs to close and all of that. And none of that is there in VMC today for HCX, right? So there all going to be available yeah so it's, i hope that gives you some context of the history but yeah no it's uh, great it's, it's, it's very cool it's very I mean, welcome yeah and i then i think it's 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 a good kind of you know a, a good thing forward to show for more people who are interested in moving to vmc like there's even more value there now i was gonna say i mean that's pretty exciting so we're gonna have this in two weeks and then it's going to be included whereas before i know that like you said annika we were going back and forth this is this is a big win, I think, for our VMC on AWS customers because they are looking at at our services and asking us, well, what's it going to take to move this workload I have in on my on-premise location and get it into VMC? And um, you know, what kind of tools can VMware provide us? And some of the tools that we've had so far have been kind of a serial. Um, 
I guess, tool that that would move their workloads very slowly and steadily, but still not at a great scale. So some of these improvements that we've made in HCX Enterprise really uh, scales things up from a going to a cloud standpoint. So this is exciting stuff. Oh, absolutely. So I am I'm not as well versed in the VMC side as as the rest of you all probably are. So naive question is there anything special that vmc customers have to do to take advantage of this stuff well, not really i mean they just have to you know like, like i said it's going to be available as a single offering they just need to upgrade to the latest ax release when it goes out this friday in two days okay. so um 30th of october you know about three days from now is when we're targeting um ga so as long as they upgrade to the latest release you know they're good to go Cool. Not, no licensing, no nothing, no talking to any salesperson. Yep. I was lucky when there's a. I was lucky when there's a low barrier to entry on something. That's always good. Well, you like you made it super easy. Yeah. Well, let's qualify that first. Annika, what version of VMC are we talking about? So, so Francis, it's not really tied to a VMC release per se, right? While the next VMC release we know is, you know, going out shortly um, next month, right? It's not really tied to that. Um, so HCX is an out of bundle, you know, it's a service that's available on top of VMC. So as long as they, you know, upgrade to R145, which is the latest HCX release, like I said, going out, you know, they should be good. So if they have a, if they have an SDDC on 1.12, uh, you know, it'll be fine. And as they upgrade, uh, 1.13, I believe, is going to be an optional release, right, for VMC customers. But it's not really tied to a VMC release per se. Fantastic. Super awesome. All right. Replication-assisted vMotion. So this is... This is near and dear to your heart, you said, Annika. It's also near and dear to mine. I, I'm, I'm, I have customers who are doing massive migrations with this right now. Um, and they're reporting back to me just story after story of success, which is really cool to see. Um, so give, give us from, from your perspective, what, what is some of the primary drivers and, and use cases that you've heard from, from customers um, on, on RAV and, and, th and things that they have, like some of the benefits that they have reaped by, by utilizing this tool? Right. Yeah. So it is, like I said, it is, uh, you know, near and dear to my heart because like I said, you know, in addition to proximity routing, this is probably one of the largest used feature um, or I guess asked for a feature by my customers, right, in the cloud side, uh, you know, primarily because it combines the best of both worlds, you know, it combines, um, you know, the uh, it's a combination of v VMware replication and vMotion technologies, right, so bulk and live, and, and what's not to like in that, right, uh, you're getting parallel migrations with no service interruption, mm -hmm. um, and and you know it's it's essentially large scale migration, meaning you know at this time uh, standing here with the latest release, we could do um, up to two hundred VMs 
right at a time, basically live migration. There is absolutely no downtime. Uh, but if you're listening to this podcast six months from now <laughs> or a year from now, you know, that might change. So don't quote me on it. You know, always refer to the config max tool or, you know, the, 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 uh, the latest numbers listed there. But like I said, we obviously, you know, with every release, we look to expand this number. But right now standing here, you know, customers can do up to 200 VMs live with no downtime. So what's not to like there, right? Um, I mean, of course, there are some prereqs, you know, the, the vCenter version that we support is 5.5 at a minimum today and, you know, some prereqs right there. But other than that, um, you know, I mean, any customer who gets this in VMC and, you know, who doesn't want um, any downtime in their, you know, migrations when they're happening is, you know, is, I expect this to be a great feature for them. And, you know, large, hence large scale customers really, really liking this feature. Yeah, I'd have to tend to agree. I think it's one of the pieces where I've done a lot of bulk migrations and, you know, obviously when you're still, you know, having a lot of success with those migrations, the, obviously the, the, the turn down and stand up of the, you know, the service on one side and the other and the slight service disruption, so, you know, it's tolerable, but, you know, this makes it 10 times more uh, or um, feasible and and uh, easier to uh, to deal with, especially during change windows and, and stuff like that. So very excited. Yep, yep. And it has been, you know, a, a preview only feature in VMC, I think, uh, for a few months now, I think almost coming to a year. Um, and hence, you know, hence all the feedback. And, you know, it's a robust feature, we worked on it. And, you know, it has, it's deployed today as, you know, an early access, or like I said, in preview only by some of VMC's really large customers as well. Francis, as as customers are coming on into VMC, is there benefits in terms of bandwidth utilization that, that they get out of this? Yeah, yeah. This, you know, we don't get the uh, advantage of if you're a private customer and you're going from one data center to another and you own the pipe in between, you get to um, take advantage of your full bandwidth that you've paid for. When you're going to the cloud, um, we're using the WAN optimization appliance. We're really taking advantage of that to compress and dedupe some of that data going over. So when you add in the replicated assisted vMotion, it makes it that much more compelling for them to be able to see that data and less of it going across the wire um, at the destination and then actually schedule um, the the downtime or their maintenance window or whatever it is that they need um, to move the VMs over. So, you know, we're not waiting for a serialized V motion over maybe the public internet. <laughs> if you think about it. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. Uh, you know, people still use it, but yeah. you know, to that point we need it at a, at a scale. And this is a big piece of scaling um, that functionality. Very cool. All right. Next on our list, uh, mobility optimized networking, and I, I have to, I have to put my cards on the table here. We were, we've been internally preparing for this HDX bootcamp, and I kept seeing this thing referred to in the notes that said Mon, Mon, and I'm like, is it Monday? Is it what is it? Mon? I didn't, I didn't know what it was, and I had to go like look through some of the notes and find it. Like, oh, that's right. Even, even me as quote one of the majors and one of the experts, quote unquote. I, I, I even I get lost in this stuff sometimes. But you know, it's interesting. You bring up a good point. So, I mean, in the past, you, we always referred to it as PR, even proximity routing. Right, right. So, yeah. 
maybe from the history, give us the idea as to how did you go from proximity routing to mobility optimized networking? That is a good point. Uh, you know, that's uh, again, like I said, right? Acronyms for you. Um, I think uh, proximity routing, you know, we, I guess at some point, our marketing team, and we decided that that was, you know, a term that was to stay with NSXV, right? And, you know, in NSX, with NSXT and its, you know, new avatar of sorts, uh, you know, we decided to call it mobility optimized networking, you know, as a little snazzier name. And, you know, we felt that. Um, there, there's, you know, in terms of how the feature works with NSXV versus NSXT, uh, I mean, NSXT, which is a requirement for the feature, right? We felt that there was, you know, enough differences in terms of, you know, justifying a new name and, like I said, a new avatar, so to speak. So there you go. Ta-da! Get used to the name. It's going to be used all <laughs> over, <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> All right. So, 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 okay. So the mobility optimized yeah. network, why does somebody want to use this with HCX? Uh, so again, this is, you know, the second most wanted feature, I think, in my books from customers, you know, and, and what the feature does, you know, I already mentioned that it needs NSXT, right, as, as a yes. prereq. NSX3 is, I think, the version it needs at a minimum. Um, and essentially what the feature does is, you know, it integrates the network extension, um, uh, you know, on with the NSX dynamic routing. Um, so, you know, when you enable or when the migration of VMs happens from, you know, one location to another, or in this case, you say a source to destination, right, the VMC or the VMs that are in the destination, uh, you know, to have any traffic go out of them, they, uh, they don't need to come back to the on-prem or the local HCX or the local gateway or the router, right? So we essentially prevent the, the tromboning on the hairpinning effect. And, you know, I'm, I'm hand-waving as I'm talking just because this feature is a little difficult to explain you know, on a podcast and audio versus uh, a video. So I highly and highly encourage customers or, um, you know, folks that are listening to the podcast to go and check it off on online. You know, there are various blogs that are done. And of course, a user guide documents it as well. But, you know, imagine, you know, two two VMs that are in, in the cloud, let's say in VMC, in the same SDDC, having to go through, uh, you know, an on-prem router. So basically traversing all the way to on-prem uh, to be able to communicate to each other when, hello, I mean, they sit right next to each other in the same SDDC, right? Yep. So what this feature does is it gives them the capability of using the, you know, the cloud router dynamically. And of course, this feature was, as you can imagine, established in great, great collaboration with the NSX team. Uh, but at a high level, this is what it does. And, you know, as, as Kofi pointed out, this was, you know, very lovingly called proximity routing. But with NSXT, we call it um, mobility optimized networking. So you're going to see that name used a lot, you know, in the VMC reference again. Yeah, and let me let me jump in here a little bit because I've I faced this um, you know quite a bit in the hybrid cloud, and so the mobility optimized networking is working in conjunction when in when you're using the HCX software uh, portfolio and you're using the network extension when you're extending L2. Now you can imagine in a VMC on AWS scenario where you're starting from on-prem and you're sending your VM workloads to um, a cloud SDDC, um, when you extend an L2 using HCX, the gateway still resides on-prem for that segment. You're stretching that segment, but the gateway is on-prem. So when you move a VM from maybe on-prem up to the cloud, that cloud VM's traffic will still hairpin back down to the on-premise gateway. 
Now, if you are operating in the cloud provider, one of the economics of working in the cloud is anticipating ingress and egress charges. If your VM traffic is um, talking quite a bit, then all that traffic will might be unnecessarily going back down to on-prem. Now, in the cloud, since we utilize NSX, as we were referring to, you have a gateway going out that, um, that route. Why couldn't the traffic that is not destined for the on-prem, maybe going out to the internet, why can't it go out that SDBC's gateway? And that is what uh, mobility optimized networking is really solving. So when you move a VM up into the cloud, we're gonna inject the route table, the gateway that's in the cloud so that if that traffic does not require to go back on-prem and it's going out to wherever out on the internet, you can tell that VM to send that traffic out that direction. So that cuts down on maybe the unnecessary egress traffic going back to on-prem, and it's a more efficient uh, traffic method, if you will. And I, and I, I like that a lot, Francis, because that's, that, that's yeah. it's spot on. And, and I think it's for a guy like me who is traditional on-prem, you know, data center person now, you know, SE, <laughs> Like I haven't had a lot of, I haven't had a lot of like customers dealing with cloud stuff. Like, I mean, in the sector that I'm on now, it's all like probably 99% of it's dealing with on-prem. And so they never have to think about how, how, you know, where the bill's coming from in terms of the networking piece of this. And so that's, that's always sort of that thing that you have to kind of keep in the back of your head of like, oh yeah, that's right. Every time I do a certain activity in a cloud and in certain clouds, there's going to be extra charges for some of that stuff. So you kind of have to gain your you know, efficiency of scale in different areas then. So that's good Good to keep in mind. Yep, very much, yeah. Like a spare, yes, yeah, spot so, on, Francis. So then does, the, does this last piece, the traffic engineering and TCP flow conditioning application path resiliency, does that factor in along with MON or is that really a separate kind of thing to be considered? I think there'd be, you know, I guess we categorize them in the traffic engineering sort of bucket, right? While, you know, of course, as features, you know, at least the flow conditioning help with performance as well. Um, and, you know, even with mobility optimized networking, right? You are, I mean, the idea is that you are going to see better performance if you're not using the on-prem gateway, right? If your traffic is not going all the way back. Uh, in addition to the charges that Francis rightly pointed out, right? There's all, also that component of better performance if you're not you know, tromboning, or I guess if you're not traversing the path twice that you don't need to, right? From cloud to on-prem and then back. Um, so yeah, so there's the performance aspect and, and traffic engineering features kind of share that aspect with mobility optimized networking, uh, especially the first one, right? The TCP flow conditioning that I guess I can talk about. And I think it's a good segue to talk about these two features now, um, which is a feature that helps, you know, dynamically, um, uh, basically control the TCP maximum segment size. So the MSS, you know, during the TCP handshake uh, for network extension, essentially. And, and what this does is, you know, again, it helps, like I said, it helps with performance by reducing fragmentation because you can control the, the segment size, uh, which, you know, leads to reduced packet size. And, you know, the average packet size uh, reduces. So there are lesser packets on the, on the line or on the, on the channel, right? So this handshaking, you know, this kind of does 
this uh, this handshaking or I guess this controlling of the segment size or optimizing of the segment size during the handshake definitely helps with that. Uh, and that's what the feature is. Um, and the second feature in, again, the traffic engineering, the same thing, um, in the same bucket as so we speak uh, at a very high level is basically creation of multiple tunnels per IX or network extension uplink. Uh, and what HCX does here is once you enable the application path resiliency, and this is more of a resiliency feature, right, uh, between a source and a destination or a single uplink or IP deployment, um, um, you know, it helps create multiple tunnels. And once this feature is enabled, we continuously probe for, you know, each of those tunnels that we create, we create about eight foo tunnels uh, and to select the best path. So basically this will avoid, it helps avoid choke points and bottlenecks uh, in the network fabrics, uh, ECMP paths, essentially. And again, you know, these features are probably better spoken to, you know, in slides when you actually have a diagram and you can show, you know, packets traversing, or flying from right, one place right. to the other, um, you know, for better, I guess, for better understanding of how we're avoiding, you know, black holes and suboptimal paths and how they're actually helping improve performance. But, you know, I mean, like I said, I'll be, I'll be sharing the link to the blog that I write this week or that'll go out this week with you, Britain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's obviously the user guide that you can point to as well. Wait, yeah, with regard to the path sure. resiliency, does a customer need to have multiple WAN links to take advantage of this? Or is this just straight through the data center pathing that no. we're doing? Yeah. Yeah, no, they don't need multiple WAN links, like I said, right? It's, you know, a single uplink uh, or a single IP uh, kind of deployment. And we create, like I said, eight tunnels. So we're going to choose which one we take based on the best path that we think will make sense for the customer. So a customer does not need multiple WAN links. That's not a requirement. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we're hitting the end of our list here. Did we, did we miss anything or is that all of it? Nope, that is that is the all, all of right. it. I think we spoke about mobility groups first, you know, which was uh, dear to Kofi's heart, and then we went through the others. So, yep. yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, they're like I said, um, they're not they're all going to be available, you know, starting Friday uh, as the base offering, right? So there's nothing, no licensing, nothing additional involved. Um, from a customer's perspective, at least, right? At the back end, we'll just go and enable all these features for VMC customers only. Um, you know, at this time, and there'll there'll be no added cost. So there so you go. Is, is they'll have all a, these you know, premium features available. So this is like no the cost. day before Halloween. Is this like a trick or treat gift from VMware? <laughs> I guess you can say that. I was yeah. thinking more of a Christmas gift, but okay. sure, this could be trick or treat. <laughs> okay. Well, right. there you go. All right, Kofi Francis, do you guys Absolutely. have anything you want to add? Uh, not too much else. Just thank you so much. I mean, we talked a lot about uh, HCX. You understand our passion and why. Um, we've all used it in all different kinds of ways. Uh, we all support it. And, you know, obviously, thank you for, for, for all your hard work on this and your team. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Thanks, Annika, for, for going through this. This is so exciting that, you know, these features are going to be available to the VMC customers because um, I think it's a great talking point with them just to show that we are continuing to support our customers that are making this journey to uh, the cloud. So I think that this is a really big morale booster in that in that direction. So thank you so much for doing this. I'm glad, I'm glad. Well, no, thank you guys for having me. Like I said, again, you know, happy to come on. You know, any other time you need me on, I mean, no, you know, in all seriousness, thank you guys for having me, you know, give me this platform to talk about this exciting, uh, you know, announcement. And like I said, we already announced it at VMworld, but, you know, with the GA so close, I mean, two days, it's it's literally all hands on deck. So thank you for, you know, 
um, helping us kind of talk about this and letting all customers know that, you know, yeah. BMC is the way to go. I mean, if they're looking to expand into the cloud, it's a no brainer because they'll have access to all of these features without, you know, paying anything extra for it. So wow. way to go BMC. Yeah. Awesome. Woo. Well, thank, thank you again, Anika for joining and uh, thanks Francis and Kofi for joining. This has been another great episode and uh, I will wrap it up here and we'll talk to everybody again next time. Thanks for listening to the HDX Majors podcast. My thanks to Francis, Kofi, and Annika for joining today. If you're enjoying the show, please rate us on your podcast app of choice and please share it so others can find us. Thanks again. simple. Any device, any application, any cloud, intrinsic security.